Hey guys, welcome to the first ever feature podcast for the Arsenal Editor podcast. Um, it's actually so new, we haven't named it yet. Um, so, uh, but it is going to be running alongside our Tuesday weekly podcast, which is going to be more analytical. Um, but the idea it is, is if this is to um, have a guest on from from the Arsenal community, really get to know them through a slightly different way than we normally would. Um, so, at the time of recording, we are, you know, sitting in between, uh, you know, a, sitting in between a couple of um, big fixtures. Um, we've got Olympiacos coming up this week. Um, we've just drawn against Burnley um, and we're actually sitting 10th in the league. But weirdly, I'm feeling quite positive about the whole team. I think the performances since the beginning of the year in particular have, have, have been really inspiring. I think we're quite close to doing something good. Um, we're hoping these podcasts last a little bit longer than what our analytical podcast would by the nature of it and getting to know the guests that are coming on. And, you know, we can listen to this for a long time. Um, so we're hoping I'm not biting my own words here or eating my own words uh, about this positivity. And I'm sure we're coming out of it, beating Olympiacos and, you know, and, and winning 3-0 in the North London Derby coming up. Um, so it's really exciting to have the first one and I'm really looking forward to doing many of these. And, and we're really lucky, uh, to be honest, um, because it's the first time we've ever done this. Um, and so we've actually got someone at the top of the pillar of and the pillar of uh, Arsenal journalism um so we're really happy to on to have the uh the chief arsenal reporter for football.london and chris wheatley so welcome to the first ever feature podcast for the arsenal editor chris thank you very much for having me toby pleasure is all mine yeah it's really good to uh really good to meet you so we had a little bit of a chat before this um and so we've we've run past the uh, we've run past you the 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 way this is going to go um so in a really good way to get to know you, we'd like the fans to get to know you. Uh, we're going to run through a, a dream goal scenario. So how, how are we feeling about that? Feeling fairly confident. I mean, when I play football, I'm not usually a striker. I usually play a little bit behind um, the forward man. So to be scoring a goal is a big thing. And to be debut, debuting on, the, on this podcast as well is even bigger. So yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> well, so what's so you're, you play just behind the striker? So are you kind of a number ten, or are you a forward really? That's kind of I'm sitting a, in I'm partnership. A, I'm a flawed number ten, I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be Meza Urza, want to be Dennis Burkamp, but um, well, think of a bad number ten. That's me. I won't want to name any names, but I'm sure uh, I'm I'm fully confident in you, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, who's your t- are you a Sunday League man, or do you still play very regularly, or five aside? What are you saying? Below Sunday League, I'm uh, a Monday night football guy. I play with, or before COVID, I, I was playing with some 40-year-old men, mostly um, part of the opposition. And I play with some of my mates as well every Monday. So it's good fun. I mean, the level's not particularly high, so I'm pretty fast, which is, I guess, a good, good trait to have. Um, but I reckon if you came along, you'd probably absolutely smash it Toby because um yeah the level is pretty poor you say that I mean I, I always regarded myself as someone's quite fast and then at the ripe old age of 28 I've had all sorts of different back problems so what I've done is I've resorted to jumping in net in five aside um 
which I get quite a lot of praise for, I like to say. Uh, but really, I'm just like a guy standing in quite a small goal um, <laughs> in, in a league where people can't really finish. So it's, it's not the hardest job in the world. It's like those PE days, you know, when you used to be in like year six, year seven, and you kind of just have to go in goal because like everyone else is better than you. I feel like that sometimes. I sometimes have to play in goal, you know, but yeah. Reminds yeah. me of school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always felt like I was last picked. So, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same, but um, I hope not because I'm hoping you're about to score a dream goal in this dream scenario. So um, just just for the listener's benefit, um, I sent this to you last night for you to have a quick read and have a think um, of what your dream goal would be. So we're going to run through the stadium. This could be a dream stadium. So it could be the Emirates, it could be Highbury. It could be the street behind your mum's back, you know, behind your mum's garage um, that you used to pay on when you were a kid. Uh, and then it could be the opponent, um, the occasion that we're going to be bringing it to, uh, the goalkeeper you score against. And then we'll talk through the goal, you know, all the way from the assist to the final kick, head, chest, whatever it may be. Um, a celebration, a post-match interview one-liner, um, and then anything else you'd, you'd like to add. Um, so let's, let's, let's kick this off. I'm excited. It's the first time we've done this. So, so talk me through the arena, which, which stadium are we at? Where, where are we? Well, I mean, you've kind of already spoiled it because you, you mentioned the stadium in your opening line. So I'm, I feel like I have to change it now, but look, I think Highbury has to be the, the stadium for me because it's just, it's like a romanticized traditional you know so many memories um from hybrid I, I mean i was pretty young i'm sure you were similar age as well um when arsenal was still playing at highbury but i do have some vague memories of some early games i remember a game against portsmouth i can't remember the result but i just remember like um being there and yeah and no, like hybrid for me just brings up kind of like nice memories of when Arsenal were really successful um, when Arsene Wenger was in charge um, it's a strange one because you know when I like talk about Arsene Wenger and stuff I always uh, when I say to my friends like he was like almost like a father figure like the father figure that I never had and people laugh at that but it, honestly that's how it kind of feels um, and if I get the chance to speak to Arsene Wenger I would I would definitely tell him that as well um, because yeah like it he was in charge of Arsenal over, you know, most of my life, the majority of my life. So I have like that kind of deep affiliation with Highbury um, and Arsene Wenger. And yeah, for me, it'd just be imagine scoring in, in front of the clock end. It'd be, uh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. I mean, sorry for, for spoiling it and, and bringing it up, um, but, but it's, you know, I, I was, I was fortunate enough to go once, but I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm guessing I must've been about 14 when we moved. Um, so I only went to one crystal palace game, um, which I can't really remember. I've got the paper ticket somewhere. I think we won four one. Um, but I, the Emirates is where I kind of really, I, I think really got into it. Um, in terms of, you know, attending games and everything else having the money to but um yeah so do you have any game in particular that you remember really well i don't suppose you ever attended like a, a champions league night or anything or no i i wish i wish i did i think i was mm. i think for me because i lived a bit outside of london it was always kind of difficult to to get to the, the hybrid games but i i mean i i remember attending a couple of premier league games 
the the Champions League game that I remember, I think it was the Real Madrid nil nil. Yeah. You remember that? Before? Yeah. Because Real Madrid absolutely, I think they dominated that game, didn't they? And I think was yeah. it Jens Lehmann in goal who was just outstanding, saving from uh, Raúl and and Co. And yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I remember that game because I think it was ITV. They used to show all the the Champions League knockout games, and I just remember I was glued to the TV that season when Arsenal reached the Champions League final. You remember the Juventus match, the Real Madrid match, I think the Villarreal game as well. Yeah. I remember. Um, so yeah, like uh, when I think of Highbury, I, I just think of that Champions League run because it was, it was kind of magnificent when you think about it. That defence was like a makeshift back four made up of what, like Abue, Senderos, Flamini. I can't who was the other centre-back was it Torre or was it Campbell? Torre, Actually, he was yeah. in the final, wasn't he? I think, but it was a late Campbell. You know, he was getting on. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So before that, it, yeah, Torre. But I mean, to to have a, a defensive midfielder at left back and you know Senderos, he gets a lot of critics for his time at Arsenal. But that defense was amazing. And um, yeah, when I think of Highbury, that's definitely what I my mind goes back to. Yeah, I, I feel like we we must be very similar ages. That's that's exactly the season I affiliate with. It was the last one, I think, wasn't it? And um, I have a very, very good friend of mine, one of my best friends, uh, Kwame and I, um, he came over for every single leg of the Champions League after school. Um, and we watched those games. Um, and, and I remember in particular, I mean, obviously Real Madrid away, uh, but in terms of Highbury, Real Madrid at home when they had Ronaldo Beckham and it was just insane. Zidane played, uh, pretty sure he did. Um, and but for me, the Fabregas goal against Juventus after it was either before or after Vieira got sent off. I mean, it was just the most, I think that's probably one of the most I've ever celebrated. And to affiliate Highbury to that, um, and actually outside the Champions League, that was the same season um, that we pipped Spurs to the post to the Champions League with the Lasagna Gate on the last day of the season. Um, and I think Henri scored a hat trick. And I think since then, any time that I do go to the Emirates, I pop round and see if I can sneak in the, in the flat gate so I can go to like that area and just see at the clock end, you know. Um, Whoever's which, listening to this podcast, if uh, let's hope it's not a security guard at, <laughs> at the hybrid. No, yeah, but I, I get what you mean. I'm the same. Every time I've, I've been back there, you just want to go in because it's, it's so iconic. Like I did some filming out there a couple of years ago and you, you kind of just stand and look and take it all in. And I feel like there's only a certain few people well obviously only Arsenal fans who are really going to do that um so yeah it's yeah some amazing memories yeah it's it's a real like feeling I don't have a word to describe it but there's something so nostalgic and maybe that's the word but um when you go there and it's just it I don't know it just really grabs you and it's it's something um yeah it just really affiliates to, to my childhood and it sounds like you know your your yours as well um alrighty so we're we're at Highbury um who who are we facing? Who's our opponent for the day? Mm, I, I, you know, I don't I don't want this to be a predictable podcast, but I did put down Real Madrid because <laughs> they are like the biggest team in terms of uh, fan base in the world, and you just think as a kid playing against Real Madrid is is a dream for for not only every professional football player. Um, but also, you know, the fans, you know, you want to see your team come up against Real Madrid because it's like, it's the biggest match possible, really. So, I mean, Arsenal, obviously, we've just spoken about it, but 
those games, uh, especially at the Bernabeu with Thierry Henry and that iconic commentary. I think it was from Peter Champion or Clive Tildesley on ITV. Uh, you know, the Thierry Henry scored. He scored at the Bernabeu. Oh, I mean, unforgettable. It. Like for me, like that is, I don't remember thinking, I don't remember being so like happy and like s- celebrating so much um, as an Arsenal fan other than, like since those games like for me like that run was just yeah iconic so Real Madrid's amazing been to I don't know have you have you been to the stadium at all I've never been I went to Madrid uh, when I was like six or seven uh, but I didn't go to any football game uh, at all so no I've never been yeah, I mean, I've been I've been a couple of times like Amazing. on the stadium. Tour. I've never been to actually watch a game, and I love to see Arsenal play there or just really any team um, after after COVID, of course. But yeah, it's uh, it's just such a huge team, and I feel like if you can't play for them, at least try and play against them. And of course, score against them. Um, yeah, I. I... Um, it's, it's, it's a good point. That's that piece of commentary I've memorized and he doesn't get enough airtime. And this is really annoying time to forget that commentary commentator's name, but he's never really been affiliated, I think to Sky or BT. And, um, I watched, I was in Bolivia for the world cup in 2018. So I missed, uh, all of the local coverage and the craziness that was the UK at the time, but that commentator who obviously have such good memories from Real Madrid, he, he commentated it all on international um tv and it just something about his voice and 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 actually there yeah, like i say that commentary is on the beginning of our intro for this thing so it's like i won't do it now but i do know the words <laughs> um you know yeah. i think his voice broke a little bit didn't it you know when a yeah. commentator's voice slightly breaks you know it's been it's a good goal like yeah only a few times does that happen and uh to be fair, like we get a lot of criticism, like the the English media, but I think we have some of the best commentators in the world, like in terms of the the vocab they use and the, um, mm. you know, Martin Tyler obviously is one of the best, but yeah, it's just uh, just mm. iconic. Yeah, definitely, it's the moment he goes, it's the Gunner Galactic goes, has scored in the yeah. about no more, no less than they deserve. I won't do any more. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe the memories are flooding yeah. back it sounds just like <laughs> that was exactly i actually thought that guy was in the room for a second again awful time to forget his name um well maybe that's something we should add in i i i haven't i'm going to throw this on you because we haven't predicted this but commentator do you is there a quick commentary um a commentator in particular you'd like to to, to voice over i mean i like some of the um the arabic Oh, sorry, the, the Arab commentators who are just unreal and the way they say their names. I think there was one the other day um, describing Bukayo Saka's goal and he didn't say he, Saka, he said Bukayo, Bukayo, Bukayo. Uh, it was just amazing. Like uh, the, the commentary there is so passionate. But I would go for Martin Tyler because he he has commentated over some of Arsenal's iconic goals. You know, the Arshavi in Barcelona goal. Um is the one I think of immediately. Um, but yeah, Martin Tyler for me. What about you? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so I, I can't believe I'm doing this again, but it's, it would be that guy. Is it Peter Drury? Uh, is is oh, that his name? Yeah, it one, might be. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, there's something about his voice that gets me, just really gets me in like the football zone and, and it gets me like, it's just the way he can talk about like an insignificant corner will get me excited. It's like, you know, and I remember the, it's the, the two moments that I remember with him are 
like I say, the Henri moment and um, uh, and the Harry Kane against, I think it was Tunisia in the first round of the World Cup this 2018. Uh, and yeah, just scenes. <laughs> um, actually, something I didn't ask you, and I don't know if you thought about this, so don't worry if not. Is there a specific Madrid team that you wanted to play against? Is it the Galacticos? Is it that season? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay. that, that team was... I wouldn't say it was an unreal team, but in terms of the names, like it was just, yeah, it was just amazing. So yeah, definitely that Galactico side. Already. Um, how, how are we feeling about an occasion? If you affiliate an occasion to it, I think I threw this upon you quite last minute. Um, it doesn't have to be, but you know, some kind of final or. Yeah. Again, predictable, but I would say the champions league final, because it's a trophy that Arsenal have never won, but they went so close. Um, and yeah, I think that was the only match that I can remember where I cried as an Arsenal fan. I, I mean, I'm not someone who would, would cry at a football match usually, but I think I was pretty young, maybe 2006. I was probably maybe 10, 11 years old or maybe a bit older. Um, and yeah, I just remember it. I was in my bedroom. I like hid myself away in my bed and I was, I was in tears crying. Like I was so upset about that, that defeat because it was the, the manner in which I think, um, Belletti scored, but it was, you know, the goalkeeper Almunia really should have saved those, those goals as well. Like, um, and it's so disappointing as well. Like Lehman, um, getting sent off and Perez getting substituted. It's just like a domino effect and, you know, it all, started so well as well with, you know, um, I think it was that Abue cross, wasn't it? And Campbell heading in, mm. heading in. and Abue, funnily enough, is someone that I um, uh, got really close to when I, in my previous job. And right. um, I actually went on a trip to Japan with him, which is, <laughs> which is, yeah. Nice. <laughs> what a guy to go to Japan with. It's a, it a bit of a strange one. I, I remember it was the Arsenal Japan supporters club they invited Abue over and they wanted like an, a UK journalist to kind of cover it like the whole event and um, it was their like 10th anniversary so I, I went over um, you know they, they covered all the flights and everything it was an unbelievable experience I'm so grateful to them for that but I was with Abue for like the, the whole week <laughs> so I was literally I was um, you know like doing like every we went to like sumo with a bue we um we went to the like samurai training <laughs> he did like samurai training it was honestly if you could like dream up uh, a trip to japan with a bue we pretty much like covered everything and yeah it is it was unforgettable like, there's actually a video on on youtube like if you type in a bue japan it, it will come up but it's like it's um it, it, it was really nice because this is a guy who, you know, there's a lot of media coverage about him at, at, around that time um, regarding his like personal life and personal issues. But, um, you know, uh, talking about Bue now, from what I understand, he's actually in a really good place and um, he's happy now. I think he lives in Kenya or he's got his own football team. And so things are, are on the up for him, which I'm really happy to, to say. But yeah, that's my Bue anecdote. That is gold i i honestly there is there's two people i think i'd like to go to japan with uh or or anywhere with to be honest just on a trip with from arsenal's history and that is abue and podolski like just 
some kind of there would be stories and i'm sure you've got some that you can't share uh just because it's a booing i'm sure he, he just seems like the most hilarious guy um is, is there anything in particular that you remember that was particularly strange or hilarious uh, i remember getting drunk with him um i remember we went to like a sushi like a sushi kind of bar after like an event and um yeah like i just we got really drunk i, I remember another story this was actually quite bad on my part because I was so excited to be with an Arsenal or an ex-Arsenal player. For me, some Arsenal fans will probably disagree, but for me, he's like a legend because of the way he he carried himself at the club, you know, when he got booed off against Wigan. You know, he was always such a happy, positive guy. And for me, that's what makes him such a kind of legendary figure. And all the players, the ex-players, they will say the same about him. Um, but I remember we were at this event and I was tweeting about it, like typical journalist. I was so excited and I was tweet, I tweeted where we were in Japan. And when this event finished, we like kind of went outside down the steps and outside this like restaurant, there was about 30 to 40 like Japanese Arsenal fans and autograph hunters. And <laughs> the, um, the person who ran the event was so angry at me she she was like why did you you know why did you tweet about it and i i apologized i was like, i'm so sorry like i i was too i was excited um but it was it was crazy like there was little kids and stuff asking abue like putting their abue photos in front of oh him and we had to kind of usher him into the car because there were so many it was at, like it was unreal like it was like if david beckham went to japan it was that kind of like um response because they were so happy to see him so yeah that was the the one of my like favorite memories and um yeah looking back on that now that was kind of like a strange trip like to say you went to to japan with a buoy but yeah what a top guy and uh yeah must uh check in with him soon see how he's getting on yeah, I mean, that is, that's possibly as good as a start to a podcast you could ever get. I mean, Abue strikes me as someone that would always have time for pretty much anyone he ever met, fans or otherwise, you know, he's, he's just, I remember him very, very well as just a really soulful character, like, and just chipper, lovely guy to have at the club. And I remember Podolsky, Podolsky very similarly, you know, it's just this kind of funny character that's, you know, um, that's brilliant. Well, I wasn't expecting that. And, and that's possibly the best thing I've heard all year. So, so that is brilliant. Um, alrighty, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from the occasions. We're at the Champions League final uh, at Highbury. We're playing Real Madrid. Who, who's, the, who's the goalkeeper? Um, would it be Casillas? Or? You know what? I actually um, had a bit of a dilemma with this one. I was thinking of going for Dida, the ex-AC Milan goalkeeper, the Brazilian. I, because he's kind of like a legendary figure and yeah I just thought it'd be cool to score against him but then I remembered what happened in the summer and I think this you know this guy's spoken out in the past few weeks and kind of said that Arsenal didn't deserve him like or words along those lines so Emmy Martinez is probably someone I'd like to score against and maybe celebrate in front of Haaland style I don't know if you saw <laughs> I saw yeah. Haaland last night who celebrated against um I think it was Sevilla wasn't it in front of the goalkeeper and got chased by the severe players, uh, which was just unreal. Like, I love this. I love Haaland. I love his character. That's the kind Same. of character that makes a good footballer, you know, like has a personality, 
he's um fun guy and yeah that, that's what i would do i'd score against emmy martinez and, and celebrate in front of him that is a surprising answer yeah well firstly harland is, is is exactly what the game needs and he's 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 five games away in the record that he's got at the moment from being dortmund's all-time champions league scorer which is just like but anyway um so i i actually missed this martinez thing so he's someone i've got in in my Arsenal logbook is like a, a bit of a legend. I've, I've got always got a soft spot for him, and and I feel sorry that he didn't get more chances. But I'm really, really happy with Leno and and what he's doing, and he, I couldn't wish for any better. I think we were just very, very fortunate to have two top top class keepers. Um, what what did he what did he say? I, I've missed this. I don't know. You don't you can paraphrase if you haven't got it up. I suppose. Yeah. No. No. I mean, mm. I think I that was me paraphrasing when I said um, Arsenal didn't deserve him. I, I don't think that was the exact quote, but he kind of. I, I think he's going. I think he said along the lines of, you know, it was the right move to make, and I think it, it was the right move. Like you just said, Toby. I think he made the right decision. Arsenal got um, a good transfer fee for him, and they used that money. Um, to partly buy uh, Thomas Partey as well. So it was it was a good deal all around. But just because you can tell like, you know, how much it meant to him when Villa beat Arsenal. And it's one of those, isn't it? When someone leaves the club, um, it's always good to kind of get one over them. Um, and yeah, but maybe it's, maybe Dida would probably just edge it because he's a, like a legendary figure of the game. Yeah. Okay. Okay, maybe we'll have them both in goals. I think it's a dream scenario. So you can score yeah, against both Rush, at the same time. Maybe Rush goalie. <laughs> Rush goalies, let's do it. Yeah, okay. Um, actually, on that note, is a Rush... Go- do you reckon... Are Rush goalies like actual goalies? Because I suppose they can actually go out of their areas. Do you know what I mean? But maybe a conversation for another day. Because in five-a-side, uh, obviously, you can't go make- out. Yeah, yeah, it's like a makeshift goalie, isn't it? It's like what we were talking about earlier with the... the you know, when you're at school and you kind of just had to do a job in goal because you know, you were the last one picked. It's that kind of situation, but, um, or it's because none of you are good at goal. So you just kind of take it in turns to be rush goalie, but yeah, you'll dig your heels in and just go like, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. So you just go, right, take it in turns for rush goalie. Um, <laughs> okay. So we've, so we, I'll, I'll set the stage cause this is where we're getting into the meat. This is where we get right. This is where I'm going to score the goal. Um, so we're at Highbury playing the Galacticos of La Real Madrid from 2006 and seven with all, Beckham and all that sort of jazz. Um, we've got Martin Tyler commentating. Ready, he's set. Um, you're at the Champions League final. We've got both Martinez and Dida in goal. Um, or either or, uh, but probably Dida. Okay, so talk me through from the assist and who's assisting you to the, to, to the final goal. So the assist, I was thinking of a few people um, a few people crossed my mind. I think Meza Ozil was obviously like the main one because, you know, when you think of assisting, you kind of think of Meza Ozil. But then I remembered Cesc Fabregas and, you know, what he achieved in his time at Arsenal was spectacular. And I think if he stayed at the club, he would have been a, a legend, would have been a club legend. Unfortunately, he went to to Barcelona, his his dream club, and then to Chelsea, which we don't want to talk about. But Fabregas for me... I like him a lot and I, I like what he's done since kind of joining Monaco. He's done a lot of kind of Arsenal media stuff. He did something with, um, with Ars blog. He's done um, a lot of interviews about Arsenal and you, you can tell that he has that affiliation for the club after joining from such a, for, from such a, a young age. Um, he was pretty much brought up at Arsenal. I know he 
you know, I know he used to play um, at La Masia, but for me, he's like an Arsenal hail end product. Um, and yeah, I would have Cesc Fabregas assisting me um, purely for the fact that, yeah, a lot of my like footballing memories uh, kind of consist of him playing in that Arsenal midfield. I just remember him kind of running the show. You mentioned earlier mm-hmm. the goal against Juve. Yeah, I remember that pretty clearly. And that was kind of, that's kind of sparked him into amazing form. And um, he didn't really look back after that goal. And I think for me, Fabregas is one of Arsenal's best ever midfielders. Yeah, I I feel the same. I think, I, I don't, I know he went to Chelsea, um, but I don't attach that blame. If there is blame, you know, to, to, to him, I, I think his first choice was Arsenal. So my heart of hearts, I, I feel, and especially the way he's reacted after, like you say, all sorts of things on Twitter I've seen and podcasts he's joined. He really talks like that's his club, Arsenal. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I sound like the same as you. When you're growing up, he was the one that was that was kind of at the centre of it all. And um, what, I, what I didn't appreciate until sort of like now, really, I don't know if you're the same, but it was just how young he was. Crazy. Like he was doing all sorts of things when he was that young and like bossing in midfield. I mean, we've got someone like Bakayo Bakayo Bakayo, who is, uh, you know, um, smashing it from, from the wing, um, you know, or various positions as the case may be. Um, and I think I saw some stats and, and, and Bakayo is like, is, is very, I think he's one assist ahead at the same amount of goals as Fabregas at the same age. Um, and, but I suppose that what's amazing for Fabregas there is that he did that from a central midfield position. Um, not taking any away, anything away from Saka, of course. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think Bakayo Saka and, and Fabregas maybe have that, those similarities in, in more the fact that as well, that they were so young when they made their debuts for the club. I mean, Fabregas was even younger, wasn't he? He was, 16 when he made his debut in the League Cup against Rotherham. Um, Good memory. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> speaking to, to Ryan Smith, who who played, I think he played in that that team that night. He's an ex-Arsenal player. He, he retired early. You should get him on the pod as well. He'd be a, a great guest. I can, I'll put Amazing. a word. Please um, do. But yeah, like I spoke to, to him about Sesk and he said that, you know, from that age, he could tell that he was going to be one of the best in the world. Um, you know, he just had everything and he played like, he played like years above his age. He was like so maturing on the ball and could see passes that other players couldn't see. So it, it's, it's amazing to see Fabregas' rise. We've seen it kind of like, you know, together as Arsenal fans, like from the age of 16 up until where he is now, he's almost kind of finished his career. So I like that. I like to like to see that. But again, it's just a shame he didn't finish his career at Arsenal. Yeah, it was devastating. I remember when he left. I, how, how old was he when he left? Was he like 22, 24? I, I, it was young, I remember. Yeah, but at the time, I thought like he'd been around forever. Um, yeah, pure, pure legend. Uh, you know, no, you can't speak any higher of Fabregas and just gutted that he couldn't be there to, to help us win anything in, in the end. But um, all righty, so we've got, we've got Fabregas um, assisting you. Um, how, 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 how's this goal happening then? It, you know, do you have a vision of how he's assisting you and what you're going to do when you score or what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I had a couple of ideas. I had the, the Burkamp goal, you know, against Newcastle in my mind. And I thought to myself, oh. this is going to sound so mainstream. Like I'm just picking off like the most obvious answers for each question. So instead I'd go for 
maybe it's less obvious. I don't know. Um, the Adebayor goal at White Hart Lane, where he flicked it up from Fabregas's pass and volleyed it past. I don't know. Was it Paul Robinson or? Must have been. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah it was a long that. time ago, wasn't it? But I remember that goal, and I remember that Adebayor commentary because it was dynamite, absolute dynamite. That's what he said, and. Yeah, for me, that was one of the, the best Arsenal goals I've seen. But um, mm. I think Henri scored a similar one, didn't he, against United? I'd say, yeah. Years ago. But that had about your goal. I, the technique was su- superb. And he was a great player for Arsenal, to be fair. But mm. again, he kind of ruined his Arsenal legacy by joining Manchester City instead. Yeah, I feel like he had his, his best years at Arsenal, I kind of feel. I mean, he was really good for, for a bit. Um, I think he kind of lost it by the time he got to Spurs, uh, to a point. Um, he was at Madrid, actually, for a bit, wasn't he? Um, weirdly, he was but at like, Tottenham yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, he, he kind of just went all over the place. Um, I mean, but yeah, that that goal, right, I mean, it was, there's something about, I mean, a well-placed goal, I can really appreciate, you know, a nice finesse. Uh, you know, I think Henri's one, where he did flick up, I think was technically probably better in in some ways. And it it, it was it had power, there was dip and that sort of something, you know, that sort of stuff. But I mean, Adebayor's, I just remember by the time he'd flicked it up and just it just abolished the net, it just almost broke it. And I think there's something so like I don't know, just like sexy about how that guy just like literally smashes through, well, and there's just the, no uh, chance. That's yeah. the title of the podcast. Sorted, sexy Adebayor goal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's something along that. Well, our last one was showers, not growers. So I think we could probably keep along that theme. It's uh, a good theme you've got there. <laughs> try not to keep it, try to keep it above board at some points, but where we can, you know, make it as crew as possible. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's a hell of a finish there. Um, is that something that, that we can affiliate to your, your current um, abilities? Is that something we see on a five-a-side or oh. one-day league pitch every day? No chance. Absolutely no chance I could score a goal. Like maybe if I got like really lucky, you know, sometimes you get those kind of volleys, don't you, where you, you kind of flick it up and you smash it into the net and you're like, wow, how did I do that? And you realise mm. it's just kind of just pure luck. Um, I've done it a couple of don't times. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, volleying is like a, probably one of the hardest skills in, in football. You know, it takes a lot of practice, um, as I'm sure you know. And uh yeah, I don't know. I'm sounding very serious now, like I'm a, like a football academy coach. But yeah, it's. I, I wish I could score a goal like that. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, it's, it's something about when you catch it and it just doesn't feel like you've even kicked it. I, there was. This is going to mean nothing to either you or any of the listeners, but this is my favourite volley. Is when me and my friend Marcus um, were playing in the street and we were using, you know, like the street signs that are two posts and then a white thing. There was two on the opposite corners of the street. Um, we used those as goals. It was two on two and we'd kick the ball away. And it was so far away. And as a joke, I said, go on, put it on for a volley. And it was coming from the right and I'm right footed. And I was about like 15 yards out, which is quite a long way when it's a tiny goal. And uh, I just like, he just crossed it in. And I just like, it was coming from the right side. So it was probably the more difficult. And I just caught it on the volley and it came as ever off the top of the thing and posted down on this street sign. And I think that's, that's the pinnacle of my football career uh, and there was three people watching and a part of it unfortunately I think 
Toby's FIFA Street memories is probably another podcast altogether, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. Well, we can jump on and we'll do another one of those then because we could talk about that for hours with with tennis balls, having to go under different cars to try and fetch the ball and all sorts of things. Did you ever play um, (laughs) Nutmeg Rush at school? Don't know. I I don't think we did. We might have called it something else. What what, what was yours? I I don't think I played that. Nutmeg Rush. I mean, I, you know, me and my friends would say that we're the pioneers of that game. We kind of established it in the UK, but I don't think we did. Um, It's basically where you you get a water bottle or kind of any object that you can kick on the ground and you just try to put it through someone's legs. And then if you do put it through someone's legs, you basically bundle them or jump on them. It's not the the nicest game, but um, I have a lot of memories playing Nutmeg Rush with with my mates at school. And uh, yeah, we're... Yeah, it was, uh, some good times. It's, uh, well, look, it sounds it sounds quite mean. I'm sure we did something similar, but you, you don't make the rules, Chris. You know, you, you've got to bundle someone. You've got to bundle someone. Um, which actually takes us uh, quite nicely, maybe to, to the next one. I don't know if you've got a bundle in in your celebration. Um, okay, so you've just scored against against Madrid and the Adebayor against Tottenham Star. We've smashed it in the top left, I think. Well, yeah, top left, I think. Um, what, how, how are you celebrating? What's your immediate rush? Well, now I'm already regretting going so early on the opposition, uh, Real Madrid. Uh, and I probably, if it's possible, I don't know what the, the rules of the podcast are. I'd probably change the opposition to Spurs at the Bernabeu. <laughs> nice. Okay. okay. I mean, Spurs wish they could play at the Bernabeu. Only as- <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would be, I'd be celebrating in front of the Spurs fans. Um, Adebayor style how he did um, when he played for Man City he scored that goal against Arsenal I'd be doing the same kind of celebration you know almost inciting those fans to to be a bit angry at me um, yeah. purely purely because I think we've seen Thierry Henry do it we've seen Adebayor do it um, against Arsenal but yeah I love those kind of celebrations because that's what football's all about you know passion and supporters you know getting annoyed but it's, it's all part of the game and yeah that's how i'd celebrate yeah i i actually have a similar i i would i would be i would be playing against tottenham last minute like and celebrate in front of the fans i basically my goal would be i don't really know what i'd do i haven't actually thought about this pattern for myself but i i would want someone to to be angry enough to throw like a heavy bottle at me or something do you know what i mean not that i'm in, you know promoting that um but that's the like the level of anger that i'd want spurs fans at um, yeah, like you say, we've seen it before with, with Adebayor and all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, it was the, it was the Thierry Henry one at White Hart Lane where we were winning the league there and all we needed was a point. And I think they'd just scored an Henri famous interview, I think. And he just says that they were told not to celebrate because it would incite stuff. And then Tottenham scored like a relatively last minute equaliser. And, and they were going nuts as if they'd like beaten us. And, and Henri was like, you do realise we're about to win the league at your place. And then apparently they were just like tearing into Henri's. I was like, all right, well, that's it. We're celebrating. And um, it was really nice of Tottenham, actually, to be fair, um, because obviously we won the league there. We lifted the trophy, took it to the centre spot and lifted it there with Ashley Cole and Thierry Henry and, and the gang. And it was really nice because I don't know if you've seen the new Spurs stadium, but they've got a centre spot commemoration where the centre spot was. So, which is really nice of them because that's the only place that a league was ever lifted and that was by Arsenal. So it was really nice of them to, 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 to nod to... Uh, to our victory yeah, there. We've got to get our Tottenham jibes in the, in the pods. It's got to be at least two or three. And that's one of them. 
That is, that is. I mean, yeah, it's it, they're quite slim pickings at the moment due to the league position, but I'm hoping that doesn't like bite us in the ass now that we've got them on Sunday. Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Mm, Sunday, um, okay. okay. Uh, so we've celebrated in front of the Spurs fans. Uh, we've incited a lot of anger in a respectable way, of course. Um, so we've finished the game. We've beaten them, of course. Uh, and so we've got two more sections left to, to kind of close it up. Um, so we've got the post-match interview uh, followed by kind of any other business. So I don't know if you have any other ideas, but yeah. What, so you've, you, you've got a, a camera in your face. You've got um, a, a young Chris uh, in the audience who is interviewing and, and maybe asks you for a comment on your goal. What, what do you think you say? Yeah, I, I was torn between doing like a Harland kind of one word answer, um, which, you know, I find quite funny, but if I'm a journalist, I'd be so annoyed. Um, just the one word answers. It's like the journalist's worst nightmare. Um, but yeah, I, I did write, there's no I in team, but there's an I in Chris. I, I told you that before the pod. And I, I thought absolutely to myself, love that. Yeah, but I thought if I go with that, that's just going to make me sound really arrogant, and it's not—it's not a true reflection of of my personality. But then again, celebrating in front of the Tottenham fans is quite arrogant as well. So maybe I would go with that. Yeah, I like it. I I really like it. I was quite disappointed when you said that you weren't going to use that. Um, and the rest of for the listeners' benefit, the rest has been a surprise. But you did run with me past that before, and I'm all in. I like. Do you know what? If you're going to say in front, you know, go in front of the fans. Um. And this is this is about you, this podcast. This isn't about the team. We've talked about the assist, but we're not talking about the rest of the team. This is your goal. This is your moment. Like, lap it up. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, I certainly am. I certainly am. I, I, look, I'll be so happy to score that goal. Um, maybe when I go to sleep tonight, I'm going to I'm gonna be dreaming of, of scoring that Adebayor-esque goal. And uh, then I'm going to wake up and I remember that I'm, I'm not a professional footballer. <laughs> hey, there's, <laughs> the best years are ahead. Don't worry about it. It all could happen. Don't worry. You've got you've got the connections, and you just give a boy a call. He'll get you somewhere. I'm sure. Um, so, okay, the one line at Iron Team. Okay, great. Um, we didn't really mention this before, but is is there anything else you want to add to this? Is there any any other? This is the any other business section. Um, yeah. Again, throw this on you. Is there anything else you want to add to this for, for flavour? Yeah, I, I mean, I was a bit confused by this one. I wasn't sure what you meant by business, so I, I just wrote down a minute ago DVD and mugs. Because I kind of like commemorate the goal by kind of putting it on, you know, very Tottenham kind of um, idea, you know, by putting your, making a DVD of like a, a goal or a win, you know, that's, that's the most, it's a very Tottenham thing to do. Um, and a mug as well. So, I, you know, every time I wake up in the morning, I have my coffee. I remember the goal I scored. So, But I'm not sure that's what you meant by any other business. No, no, that, that, is, that is absolutely perfect. Because I think by any buzz of business, we kind of mean, you know, what, what else is there that we're, we're not asking that you really want to add to this? And that is absolutely spot on. I wonder if you could use that DVD to, I don't know if you've seen some of the, I think they call them led by donkeys. It's political movement. Um, uh, and they they like flash political, like, images up onto uh westminster uh what was it the houses of parliament that's what they do and then they just you know show various videos so i wonder if you can use like a massive projector of some kind for your dvd up on the new spurs stadium um maybe on match day maybe on their match day you know and and just you know flip your goal up there 
you're giving Arsenal fans an idea, you know, what to potentially do the next time. Or maybe on Sunday, if there's a win, (laughs) that's a potential idea. But I'm sure Arsenal fans won't be celebrating the win in that style. A win over Tottenham is, is kind of expected, you know. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yeah, I think we've, we've laid out a lot of jibes against Spurs here. So I'm, I'm really hoping that, um, that we do actually beat them. And to be honest, by the time we release this, that game might already be over, but we can talk about that after this. I don't know. Um, so I hope so. I hope so. Um, Alrighty. Well, that is, that's your goal. So I'm just going to run through it one more time. And it's, there's been a few amend, uh, like corrections in this. Um, I'm going to maybe make a suggestion during it. So, so uh, we're at Highbury. Um, which is the the home of football in in many ways for Arsenal fans. Uh, we're playing Spurs, I think, uh, or are we playing Madrid? I think. What do you think? I think we're going to go for Spurs because it's. Okay. The... But then, no, I'm not sure. You know, I, I feel like I feel like it has to be Real Madrid. Yeah, you know, I think we're giving Spurs a bit too much airtime. I mentioned them too much in the past. Yeah. So uh, let's go for Real Madrid. How about this? How about this? Yeah, like here's a compromise. It's a dream scenario. So how about you're at Highbury, you're playing the Galacticos, the 2007 Real Madrid team, but there is a small section of Spurs fans that genuinely believe they think they're watching Spurs so that when they see your goal go in, they think that they've conceded. So it's kind of like a double whammy, you know? I'll take that. Yeah, yeah I'll take that. <laughs> it's a very I'll dream go, scenario. I'll go with it, yeah. Okay, so we've got that. Okay, so... Okay, so we're at uh, Highbury playing Galacticos, but there's a small section of fans that aren't Real Madrid fans. They are um, Spurs fans, believing they're watching Tottenham. Um, you've got Martin Tyler commentating with a close second. If, if, if he can't turn up, then you've got the Arabic commentators. It's the Champions League final. You've got Martinez in goal. Or Dida, I can't remember what we decided. I think, um, I think go for Dida, yeah. Dida. Okay, so we've got Dida in. Um, Fabregas is assisting and he's pinging it through to you so that you can flip it up in an Adebayor fashion and bosh it into the top corner on the volley after flipping it up. And you're going to celebrate in front of the Spurs fan section of the Real Madrid stadium, of course. Uh, you're going to say, come out and say uh, in, the, in the post-match interview, like, there's no no I in team, there's an I in Chris. You know, really ramp up the arrogance. And then we're going to get that recorded on DVD, put it on mugs, and we're going to and the DVD section, we could project it all over Tottenham. I've included that bit. I don't know if you want to keep that, but that was my idea. But yeah, for, yeah, for what we can do with idea. the DVD, maybe you make the DVD and then I'll, I'll deal with what we do with it, you know? Let's do it. I mean, the next step is to kind of get this, make this happen. Let's get Fabregas, Adebayor, Dida, get them all on board and we can uh, go to the Bernabeu and, and recreate this maybe in a, a few months' time. Let's see what yeah, we can I'm- do. I, I have no doubt that every every player you mentioned there is listening to this. So I, I reckon get them all involved. <laughs> Lads, if you're listening, you know we're getting I the band back together. The, I I, have you heard of Clubhouse? I downloaded that new app the other day. I think mm. Cesc Fabregas is on it. And um, he followed me, uh, you know, which was kind of strange. He doesn't follow me anywhere else. So yeah. maybe I'll send a message to, to Cesc Fabregas after the podcast. And I'll just say, I mentioned you on the Arsenal <laughs> podcast. and. You know, do you fancy recreating a goal? I'm sure we know what the answer is going to be. But yeah, look, Fabregas is, a, is one of the, the best Arsenal midfielders, as I said. And yeah, I had to mention him in, in this. Absolutely. Well, if you can leverage your, your clubhouse uh, status and, and get him on this podcast, I, I think I'd, 
I don't know. I think I might love you forever. Um, you know, I don't know if <laughs> okay. I'd be able to handle it, but you know, <laughs> um, Alrighty, well, let, let's leave it there. I think we've been recording for, for a good amount of time and I'm really happy with the goal we've got. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Like that pretty much has gone as well as I could ever have dreamed of. It's, it's been brilliant having you on, Chris. So I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and I'm sure everybody listening has really, really enjoyed listening to your, to your dream goal. And um, I hope that this does manifest itself into your real dreams this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Toby. I appreciate that. And uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you as well. Nice to meet you. And uh, hopefully I'll come on again soon and we're, uh, we'll finish the season on a high as well. Awesome. Yeah, you too, mate. So yeah, thanks so much again. Um, to all listeners at home, uh, I hope this becomes a, a regular fixture and we'll bring um, some more people onto the podcast as and when we we reach out to people and we, we get some momentum. So, um, and hopefully when you're listening to this, we'll finish the season uh, in a far stronger position where we are now. We'll have beaten Tottenham, Olympiacos and all that sort of jazz. Um, yeah, so thanks very much and I uh, hope we'll see you on the regular Tuesday podcast as well. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>